0: Good morning. Hey, we're thrilled you're here today. Welcome In a series called Ten, 10, principles. We're walking through the 10 commandments that we find in the old Testament. And we've been taking out the principles of those 10 commandments to help us to uh, just learn about the intention and the heart behind each of the commandments. Uh, so here, essentially the 10 commandments are given us to have are about relationship. The whole Bible is about relationship. So we're looking at those principles, relationship principles. That would help us to have healthy relationships, one with God and also with other people. And so we've been talking through that. Uh, one of the reasons I think this series is so important, because it's sometimes it's easy just to get the Bible and to look through it and begin to think like there's all these commands, there's all these do's and don'ts, and uh, what, what exactly does this mean? And sometimes if you focus just on the command, you miss the heart behind it. And so this whole series is saying, what is the heart behind that commandment? And what can we learn from it that would apply today, this week, so we can become better people, we can have healthier relationships. And so we're, help, we're, we're about this. So here's the, let me give you a list of the the, um, the eight that we've gone through so far, the seven we've gone through, um, priority was, was week one. That was the principle behind not having any other God except God. Uh, purity was not having idols. Uh, humility, uh, that's about not taking God's name in vain. Rest was the Sabbath. Honor was about honoring your father and mother. Uh, love was about not killing anybody, murder. Uh, intimacy uh, was not about having adultery. And then last week we talked about not stealing, and the principle was trust. And so I'll just review last week. If you want to catch up on the other ones, you can go back to our podcast or online and watch those. In fact, I want to say hello to all those tuning in today. Thanks for uh, taking some time to be with us and listening and watching in. Thanks for – I hope you enjoy the service. Uh, But let me just review from last week. We said a couple main ideas of last week was this, um, that we get to participate with what God is doing by – by using our hands, using our skills to work hard so we can help others. So we essentially said stop stealing, work hard and give generously. It's kind of the model Paul tells us when it comes to us having healthy relationships with others, trusting God um, that he'll provide. And so we said stop stealing if, if that's part of a uh, struggle you have to work hard and give generously. And then ultimately we said everything belongs to God and nothing belongs to us. The, it's the idea of stewardship, that we're only managers of what uh, what we currently have doesn't belong to us. It's going to pass on to somebody else. And so what, what if we used what we have to be able to do good around us and help others uh, to have uh, better lives and to be generous with what we've been given? And so last week I talked about how trust and, and throughout the whole series that trust is the foundation of relationships. So if you don't have trust, you can't have a healthy relationship. Healthy relationships are only built upon trust. And so as we've gone through these 10 principles, we're looking at those and saying, what, what are those what, what's going to help us to have a healthy relationship? So trust has to be strong in that, and uh, last week was a part of that, and we'll continue on. Today I think it feeds into into that idea that, that if, if trust is a foundation, how do we make that foundation strong and secure that it doesn't topple? The house doesn't crack or topple or fall over. How does it be? How's it good? And here's the thing. When God gave the Israelites uh, the Ten Commandments, he wasn't giving them for, their, for, for his benefit, he was given the Ten Commandments for their benefit. He was trying to help them set up a civil, civilized society uh, that was governed by moral absolutes. And so what he was saying is, I'm going to give you these principles so you can have a healthy society so that you don't, your, your culture doesn't break down, so, so that you, there's, there's peace, there's not war, uh, there's love, there's not hatred. And so he's trying to give them – and really the commandments are given to us for our benefit to help us be have, to enjoy life and have happy lives and better lives – and so it's for our benefit. It's not for his benefit. He, and just so I think we understand that it helps us because God didn't give it to him uh, once they were perfect and everything was good. He gave it to him before they even needed it, saying, here's some principles. Here's some guidelines to help you have a good society, healthy society. So today we're going to jump into the ninth commandment, uh, which is Exodus twenty sixteen. It says this. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Uh, sometimes we sometimes we sort that to say, uh, thou shall not steal, right? An idea there, stealing, I mean not still, lie. Thou shall not lie. <laughs> stealing was last week. Uh, thou shall not lie. The idea of lying is there, but there's something more to it. And I think if we look at this, this idea, it'll help us understand the principle behind it and what it means to us today. Now, here's the hard part about talking about lying, okay? The hard part about talking about lying is that i'm a liar That we're all liars like there's a, in fact um not like i'm a blatant liar that like just lies all the time but every everybody in this room like if i said have you ever told a lie um if, if you didn't raise your hand i would say you're a liar right if that's your lie because you yeah you see what i mean we're just like my wife i, was t- I told her we're gonna be talking about lying this week and she's asked me some of the things and she said so we've been married for 16 years have you ever lied to me i'm like geez put me on the spot right so i'm, I'm thinking for a while like man and, uh, and I said, no, I've never lied to you. And then I lied to her again. So more lies <laughs> on top of lies, right? So <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of like a specific lie, but I'm sure at some point in our, our relationship and how we define lies, that's the other part of it is like, so a little white lie, is that really a lie? Like just, you know, just pushing the truth a little bit, is that really a lie? Um, you know, it's not like an out, outright lie where I'm just saying something that's really false, but maybe exaggeration an exaggeration a lie. And that's what's so hard about this is because when I say lying, we all at some point in our lives have lied or sometimes lie, and then we're tempted to lie about things. Somebody asks you how you're doing. Um, you know, how old are you? Right? And you're like, well, I'm like – Trying to count, like you can tell them ten years younger. That's a lie. You know how much do you weigh? You're like, well, I don't really want to be honest about that. And there's just things that we lie to ourselves about. There's things that we lie to others about to save face, to look better, to impress others. Um, it comes from a place of pride where we don't want to let others in. And so I, I just thought this is a tough one because honestly, we all there, there's there's we all can struggle with this. And sometimes I don't even think we really understand that we do struggle with it. Because we lie to ourselves about little things, like, yeah, I'm going to get to that one day, and we know we're not going to get to it, or we really don't have the intention to get to it. Um, one day I'll fix that issue, and we just ignore it We pretend it's not there. We lie to ourselves in these areas. And so today I want to talk a little about, about this. What does it mean not to testify falsely against your neighbor or to lie um, uh, so that should not lie? Um, it, back in Moses' day and in, 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 in the past – the way they would settle disputes that came up when something happened, they would take the, the case to the, to the elders of the city. So back in there, that day, elders of the city would be males over 50, right? And they would bring the, the case to them, and they would begin to tell them all of the, the, the issues. And, uh, and, you know, Proverbs tells us that the first witness to come forward sounds true until there's more witnesses. Then you realize, like, oh, wow, there's more to the story than I thought. And so they would bring their, their case. And so what was happening here is when somebody would accuse somebody of somebody else – if it was only their testimony, it would be really hard to convict because if one person is just a liar, he could go and spread all these lies and you know get all the land, all the money. He could kill people and lie about it, whatever to, to, for his own benefit. So, that, so they would have these rules like you, you have to. Well, God told people Israel like only bring convictions upon when there's a two or three witnesses there to, to tell it. Um, and so in, in in Deuteronomy talks about this that that. Whenever, and whenever there's in cases that are capital punishment cases, like somebody kills somebody, and it turns out this person had the intent to kill that person, well, the witnesses that saw that, they actually need to be the person that cast the first stone. And so what was happening was he was saying, I want, I want one thing to lie. It's another thing to kill to cover up a lie. Right? That's, a, that's a greater issue there that's going on. So he's saying I want to minimize that by saying, okay, if this person is going to witness against that person for something that's going to cost their life – that person needs to be the first one to throw the stone. Like it's going to be them to show. Like I saw, I believe in it so much that I'm I'm going to be part of the execution of this person, uh, which gives meaning to the story. When Jesus, you know, tells uh, the religious people, like if you don't, the one that doesn't have sin should be the first one to cast the stone, and they all realize, like man, I can't cast the stone in this because I'm not gu- I'm guilty also. And they put their stones down. It's just the idea there is that uh, the witnesses that that bring the the case have to be the ones that. That give us, and so they would establish their case on two or three witnesses. So Moses is saying, to people of Israel, if, if you break this commandment, really what's going to happen is society is going to crumble and break. Your, your culture, your community will fall apart because if you can't trust others, you won't. You, things will fall apart. Relationships can't work if there's not trust. It's like a weak foundation. And so Moses, God says, I'm going to require these things. So telling lies not only undermines court, like we think perjury—you tell a lie in court—it undermines the law, right? In fact, we, our whole judicial system is built around um, ideas that we find in, in, in the, the Old Testament. In fact, we, we, when you go to court and you are going to give a testimony, what do you do? You put your hand on the Bible, and you say, what? I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Right? This idea is built around this idea that we are not going to bear false witness. We're not going to say something that's untrue, that's not true, that would cause harm into some, to somebody else's life. So here's the principle for, for the Commandment 9. All right, so you might think like, okay, I'm not going to tell a lie in court. I'm not going to give false witness. How does this apply to me? Well, let's look at the principle behind it. I think really the principle behind it is this: the principle is honesty. Honesty. Uh, we, dishonesty will hurt relationships. So lies. I tell my kids all the time when it comes to telling the truth is when you lie, you actually hurt our relationship because it breaks down something between us. It, it, it affects the way we can interact because when you, the more you lie, the less you can trust somebody that's lying. And so dishonesty it hurts people, it hurts relationships. Um, and it's, uh, it's 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 something that's spoken to deceive another. Uh, Warren Wearsby says it like this about about truth and, and speaking honestly. He says truth is the cement that holds society together. Truth is the cement that holds society together. And things fall apart when people don't keep their promises, whether contracts in business or vows at the marriage altar. So you get the picture there. Uh, it's a cement. It's the it's the, the substance that actually holds society together is truth. Because why? Because truth leads to trust. And trust means you can have a healthy relationship. Um, because all relationships are founded on openness and trust. And whenever either of those is lacking because of lying, the foundation is weak. The cement is weak. You've added things that, that won't keep the foundation strong. It only weakens it. In fact, let me show you some pictures of, of some buildings that have weak foundations or have structural issues uh, because they didn't, they didn't follow the codes or they just they, they cut corners, whatever the reason. So anybody see a problem with this, this next picture? what if I told you it was for sale today for $10, all right? Only $10. Would you buy it? Not the land, just the house. You'd be like, no, pay $10 to go throw away somebody's wood, right? That's, there's, there's, there's issues there. Um, a lot of issues going on there. Um, next one, uh, would you buy this house? That say it has some issues going on, right? You can see the foundation has shifted. Something's going on. It's starting to crack. It's starting to move. This is why when you're buying a house, you have a lot of people involved to help you make sure you're not buying something that's going to you know, cost a lot of money or or fall apart on you. Uh, this next one, I don't think this is the what the architect had in mind when he was building this building, right? That basement is starting to buckle, and uh, given enough time, that whole thing would fall in, and possibly the whole house would fall. Um, I like this one. I was, I was reading some different stories about different buildings that collapsed, and this next one caught my attention, right? Early signs, right? How to recognize early signs the building's going to fall? I'm like, well, looking at that building, I don't think I need early signs. I just I know that's going to fall. Um, what's sad is all the money that went into that building, right? All the investment, all the time, all the effort, and it's going to fall over. Uh, this next one, in some instances, people die. Many people die. In this case, 33 people died, right? Because of a uh, uh, lack of integrity the structure, uh, different things that, that play into it. And it just pancaked down and, and it killed some people in that one. Uh, this next one, uh, the owner that owned this, it, it was, uh, they use it for weddings, for wedding, uh, um, parties and stuff like that well the 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 owner removed partitions in the second floor which the 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 third floor goes on top of it they moved partitions to make the room bigger and then after a while he noticed the floor began to sag by a few inches and so he thought it was a cosmetic issue so what did he do he added more cement to make it flat which only added more weight to the issue and so it wasn't a problem until you got a room full of people and they're dancing and you know celebrating a wedding when when the floor collapsed because of it so, trying to fix a cosmetic issue where really it was a deeper issue that was going on there, and 23 people ended up losing their lives because of the issues that were there. This next one, 13, build, 13 story building in China, uh, nearly finished. One man died in this one, um, but one issue led to another issue, which led to another issue. Almost finished, almost done. It was a part of a bigger uh, complex, so they making all these buildings, which brought into question every other building, right, that's there. Uh, they were digging a, a parking garage underneath, and the, there's a river nearby, and the way the water works and the pressure and all this stuff. Essentially what happens is the, the, the pylons, the, the foundation, they weren't strong enough, so they gave and they cracked, and the whole building toppled. And then they later just discovered that the project developer's construction license had had been expired five years prior, and so – it's like one issue after the other. And this is how lying is, all right, just so you get the idea here. It weakens, it weakens relationships. It weakens lives. It, it, it hurts uh, because we think, like, well, that's not really going to affect anybody. But essentially, that's going to lead to something else. Uh, Thomas Jefferson says it, says it like this. He says, he said, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. A wise person, first, if you want wisdom, you have to start with honesty. And I love this idea because when, when we're dishonest with things, we can't fix things. Like, if, if you can't acknowledge there's a problem, you'll never be able to fix it. Like, yeah, it's not a crack. This is just a little thing, you know, cosmetic thing. No, I think your building's about to fall over. No, it's, it's just a crack in the wall. Like, there's this big gap opening up, and you should probably get out of the house. In fact, some of these buildings I was looking at, they warned, like, their, their residents to get out. But they were such poor areas of the world that they didn't have anywhere to go, so they stayed. And then when the building did collapse, they ended up losing their lives. But it's, 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 it's ignoring the issue that's in front of us. And a, a wise person would say... I want to acknowledge. I want to be honest. In fact, the Bible says that there's three people when it comes to when it comes to honesty and lies. Uh, there's you, we fall into three categories. There's a wise person that if you correct that person, that person becomes wiser. You correct a wise person and they become even wiser because they learn from it and they, and they grow. So essentially, the wise person will adapt themselves to the truth. They'll say, "Oh, that's the standard. That's the truth. I'm wrong. I'm gonna get in line with this." So that's a wise person. The foolish person. You, you correct them, and they actually rebuke you. They'll, they'll call you out. They'll, they'll be harsh with you. They're the opposite. They adapt their truth to the action. So like they'll say, no, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what, that was not my intention. So rather than saying, hey, I was wrong, they, they make excuses, and they do this. Here's the thing with the foolish person. The only way the Bible says the foolish person learns is through punishment and consequences. So when the pain of what they've done is greater than what, what they want, they'll change Finally. They finally acknowledge, okay, this pain is so great. I need to change something or I'm going to die. I need to change something or life is not going to work the way it needs to work. And then the third person is the evil person. And that one, the Bible just says, after two times, you reject that person. Like you can't help them because it's a deeper heart issue. There's something else going on that, that it will take a miracle of God to change that person. And you can't correct that person because they're not honest. And in this case, um, one won't be honest. One will. And the other one, sometimes it takes pain to get that person to become honest. I hope we would be the people that are saying, I want to be wise and start with honesty and acknowledge that I have issues because the truth is you have issues, and I have issues. We all – all of us have an issue, and when you – if you would say I don't have any issues, that is your issue, all right? That's your issue. You, you can't be honest, and, and hopefully today that you'll see like maybe that's my, my issue is I'm not being honest about what I'm going through in life. And this is the principle that I'm, I think that, that is behind not, giving, not bearing a false witness or lying. It's also not lying to ourselves and lying about where we're at. So a lie is a false statement spoken with the intent to deceive. It's something that is, that is false but with the intent to deceive, to hurt, an, an, an intentional untruth or a falsehood. Uh, the Bible says that, the, that Satan is the father of lies. In fact, one of the names that the Bible uses for Satan is devil or diablo in uh, diabolos, which in Greek, which means slanderer. Uh, which goes with this idea of lying about people. A slanderer is somebody who, who says things about people to get others to look bad upon them or look poorly upon them. And so this idea that Satan is, is a liar. Um, in fact, one of the first things he says to Adam and Eve is, did God really say that? He's trying to get them to question God's goodness. He's trying to slander God, like this idea that God is holding up back something good from them. So God says you can have everything, every tree that you want in the garden except that one. And the enemy is like, hey, let's focus on that one. Like, did he really say, like, man, it looks like he's holding something back from you. And this is what he does in our lives. He challenges us to step outside of this and and to be deceived so we can go for something we don't want. Um, So when we speak truth, the spirit of God is at work in our lives. And when we speak lies, Satan goes to work. Uh, It's the two spectrums here. God is the God of truth. Satan is the God of lies. Um, And when we speak truth, we're following God's ways. When we speak lies, actually we allow the enemy to work in our lives. So the heart of it all is this. That it affects our relationships with people, it affects our relationships with God, and it affects even our own way we view everything when it comes to honesty, when it comes to telling lies. And here's the thing is that sin, it always has a price tag attached to it. Sin always has a price tag attached to it that somebody has to pay. So everything that we do – and here's the idea of sin. The Bible says that sin is this idea of an archer. So you have this this target, right, and you're shooting an arrow at a target. Well, sin is to miss the target. You miss the mark. So when when it comes to life – Anything that is not helping you get to the target that God created for you is sin. You're missing God's best in your life, and essentially God is saying, live a life where you hit the the point where you, where you hit the point of this life. That you don't miss it. Sin will take you off course. Sin gets you to focus on other things, and you miss God's best for your life. And here's the thing: it, it, this this sin it, sometimes we think like it's it's not really not that big of a deal. It's telling a little white lie that big of a deal. Why is it such a big deal? Well, eventually that sin will produce something in your life. It might not happen all at once. But eventually, it'll, secrets always seep, and they always produce something. So when it's a, when it's a lie, when it's when when we don't give the are not honest, it has a negative effect in our life. And this is a big deal because it affects relationships with God and with others. Um, so the first thing I would say is this: is you have to be, if you want a healthy relationship, you have to be honest. Start with being honest with yourself. We have to be honest with ourselves. That's where has to start. Um, because here's here's the truth: a dishonest person can't be helped. Uh, dishonest people can't be helped because they can't acknowledge the issue. They can't acknowledge the problem. And as long as they pretend it's not there, they can't ever fix it. But as soon as you're honest and say, here's my issue. Here's what I'm dealing with. I need to get help. Here's what it's going to lead to. I need to do something with this. A, a dishonest person makes excuses. It's never their fault. There's always a reason. Um, it, there's no way to help this person. God can't even help this person because he doesn't allow himself to because he says, if you, you, you have to humble yourself if you want my help to acknowledge that you need help. That's why humility and honesty is so important to God. He would take an honest person over a very skilled person that's dishonest. Why? Because he could work with the, dis, the, the, the honest person to say, I need help. I got to work. I, I need help in this. And I heard a story just yesterday from my father-in-law. He said uh, one of his neighbors struggled with alcoholism for a long, really long time, a lot of issues, and his drinking buddy uh, one, one, got, got cirrhosis of the liver, And uh, he he went through this whole process with his friend, and he saw the swelling. He saw the way that the body just can't, can't, you know, process things. And uh, essentially, eventually, his friend died of this. So drinking caused of liver and caused his death. And and the moment he saw this, he had this moment where he woke up and realized, like, I don't want that to be the end result. And, And what I believe happened is he was honest with himself about the the path he was on, and he was able to change. So he went from being that, to, to go in a different direction and, and being sober and not touching it anymore. Why? Because it takes a moment of saying, it has to be honest. We have to be brutally honest with ourselves of saying, this path is only going to lead to destruction. I could tell everybody, tell myself it's not that big of a deal, but eventually it will. And in your life, and I might not be drinking, it might be something else, but whatever it is, if you're on a path that's leading to something that's not good, eventually you will, you'll You'll earn that. You'll get there, and, and it won't be good. So honesty is where we say, okay, I need to change something about this i need i need me to make it i need to do something different and here's the thing about lying and about honesty is we're all humans and humans make mistakes we all do the bible says that we've all sinned we all fall short of the glory of god so we can't pretend that none of us in the room are are perfect or holy and and, and have everything together because we we mess up and we all have the temptation to mess up on a daily basis like i'm i'm just one step away from being stupid just like you One choice, one decision that I could throw everything away in my life. It just takes one choice. Today I could go and make one decision and throw everything in my life away, just like you can. It's a choice. It's it's the gift of choice. It's what we have, the free will. But and so we all make mistakes with. To be willing to say, I need to be honest with these things, so I don't ever get in that position where I make a poor choice. I do something that's foolish. Um, I heard a story about another man. Um, he, he was six times over the, 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 the legal limit of, of, of being um, of consuming alcohol. He was dr- drinking and driving, and he got in an accident. And he hurt himself. He hurt his car and he hurt property. It caused property damage for a lot of money. And so you know his deal was he didn't he didn't take the responsibility. He actually sued the pub, the owner of the pub, to say it was his fault because he's the one that served me alcohol. Um, that would be a dishonest person. That person will never get help because they can't acknowledge that they have an issue, that they need something, they need to fix something in their life. Uh, this is the challenge. And here's the thing. We're all humans. It happens to all of us. I mean, in fact, the very first story of sin that enters into the, into the story Adam and Eve, they disobey God. They're tricked. They're deceived. And what happens? They, God shows up in the garden and he says, Where well, are you guys are hiding? Why are you hiding? He says, Well, we're naked. And he says, Well, who told you you're naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And he talks to Adam. And you know what Adam says? Yes, God, I will take full responsibility for my actions. I did wrong. Nope, the Bible doesn't say that. You know, Adam said, God, Eve, the woman you gave me made me eat it. He was, he was passing the buck, right? He was saying, like, it is not my fault, not my responsibility, God. And, in fact, by saying this, he was actually saying, God, it's your fault. Like, you're the one that should be blamed for this. Why? Because you gave me this woman. It's really your fault and her fault. And then he goes to Eve. You know what Eve says? Like every wise woman, right? God, I'm so sorry. I I take full responsibility. It is my fault. Nope. She doesn't say that either. You know what she says? It's not my fault. It was the serpent's fault. Like he tricked me. He deceived me. It's his fault. And they passed it on. We all are in danger of this by saying, man, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm going to just avoid avoid what's going on. I'm going to push it to the side. And as long as we're not honest with ourselves and honest with others, uh, we stay stuck. We stay stuck. So we're not alone. You're not alone. It's easy to shift the blame. It's easy to hide and try to get away from consequences of the choices we make. But there's always consequences in every choice we make. Psalms 15, David says it like this. Uh, David, in the Psalms, he says like this. He says, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy heel? So he's saying, essentially, the question is, who are these people that have a relationship with you? Who, who are these people that have a healthy relationship with God? Like, they can, they can interact. They have this relationship here. Who are these people? And he says, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. So, one of the first things God says is they're, they're, they're searching to live a good life, but they're speaking truth from sincere hearts. Like they're saying, God, uh, not like Adam and Eve, like passing the blame, they're saying, God, there's an issue here. I think the reason David was so healthy as an individual, because he was always honest with God. Like if you read the Psalms, you hear him point out in his heart a sincere heart of saying, I'm going to be open and honest about what's going on here, and I'm going to give it to you. So it's speaking truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbor or speak evil of their friends. So these are the people that God wants to a relationship with. This is what it takes to have a healthy relationship with God. Those who refuse to gossip. Those who refuse to harm their neighbor or speak evil of their friends. And then it goes on and says this. Um, Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. This is important. So part of being honest is also being a person of your word. So you give your word to do something. He's saying if you want to be the kind of person God wants you to be, that even when it costs a lot of money because you have given your word to do something, even when it costs a lot of time or energy, you're you're a person who is faithful with what you said. You follow through even when it's difficult, even when it's hard. These are the kind of people God is seeking, that you do what's right even to your own hurt. You keep your promises. You keep your word. That's a part of being honest and not lying. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent such people will stand firm forever. Don't miss that. Such people will stand firm forever. So notice about all these characteristics that God, that that David is talking to God about the people that God desires. All of them, most, almost all of them have to do with the mouth and what we speak and what we say. Why? Because Jesus tells us that our mouth is connected to our hearts and God is really after the heart because if he gets our heart, the actions flow easy. So my son, my, my daughter's if they know that, that my, my, what I'm asking of them is for their best intention, like they're trusting me, they're willing to follow through with instructions that are really difficult because they're trusting me. When, when I don't have their heart and they're questioning my goodness and they're questioning that if I really want them to do something for, for, for my benefit, they're pushed against it. and They think, like, you're just not being a good dad. You don't want me to have fun. And this is what happens to us, something within us. And so God is wanting us to capture our heart in these in, – in, I think in the Bible. He's trying to say, just trust me with your lives. Let me capture your heart because when you follow me, you'll have good things. And these people, they'll stand firm forever. But words are connected to the hearts. And our heart eventually is the action that we do. So when our hearts are right, God can work through us. But as long as we're dishonest, we keep our heart closed off, God can't work in us. It talks about gossip. Gossip is a part of of being honest, not not telling lies. Uh, Slander, saying things about people to make them look bad in other people's eyes. Um, But gossip is a big thing also. He says stay away from uh, even when it, when it hurts. So it's better uh, to say no now rather than to, to take our word back later. So he's saying be honest with it. So be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Uh, you have to get honest with everyone, um, with everybody around you. Honesty is, is, is part of, of having a healthy relationship, right? That foundation stays strong when there's honesty and, tr- and truth because you have trust that's, that's, that's there. And the more trust you have, it would be like the greater foundation you have. So in any relationship, you know that when you trust somebody, you have a really strong foundation. That relationship's not going to – whenever something hard comes, you're not afraid it's going to shake the relationship because you have a really solid foundation because of a lot of time and a lot of um, uh, things that you've gone through to say, I trust that person. And this is what God is trying to do in our lives. He's wanting us to trust him over and over so we build this foundation of trust in our lives with him that whenever something difficult comes, we can say, God, I'm going to hold on to you no matter how hard the storm comes. But when we have little trust in God or little trust in others – even when a small win comes, our foundation is not very strong, the whole thing will topple over because we don't have a healthy relationship. So be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. You ever been in a conversation and they say, can I be honest with you? And you think to yourself, like, well, what have you been this whole time? Or they say it like this. Better, better, like, when they say it like this. Um, um, <laughs> what do they say? Um, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you now. I'm like, what? Like, you waited this whole time to be honest now? Like, you should have been honest with me this whole time. Nobody walks around and says, I'm going to lie to you right now, all right? Let me, let me tell you a lie. But when we say things like that, it's almost like we're really saying you, have, you can't be able to trust me because, you know, I really wasn't being honest the whole time. But now I'm going to be honest. Um, so we have to guard how we say things that we don't exaggerate or uh, – because when we exaggerate stories and things, people know like, okay, that's a little stretch there. That's probably not the truth, you know. It wasn't a 20-foot fish. It was probably like a 2-foot fish, you know. It's a pretty big exaggeration there. It, it only trains people to say, I don't know if I can trust this person. So the things we say, so be honest with yourself, be honest with others, uh, learn learn to speak that. James 5.16 tells us like this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. He's saying, so notice that James doesn't say confess your sins only to God, like a whisper so nobody knows all the horrible things you've done. Like, We're good? All right. He's saying you need to confess your sins to others also. So, so we get forgiveness by confessing to God, opening our hearts, saying, God, I'm be honest with you. Like here's the issue. But we find forgiveness, we find healing when we confess to others. So this is why I believe confession is about even in other traditions, is the idea that we're going to let go of these things we've been holding on because really we're holding on to them and they're actually holding us back. And the moment we can say, you know what, I told a lie, I wasn't completely honest, is the moment that we can say, I value this relationship more than I value being looked down upon, than my pride. And that's what happens. You open up yourself and you say, I want to be honest here. And, and you know when, you're, when somebody's honest with you, you begin to think like, wow, I think I could trust this person. Why? Because they're being honest with me, I think I could be honest with them. And what happens is then we find freedom. We find healing in our lives. So the, the extent of freedom and healing in your life only comes with how honest you'll be. The moment that you're completely honest about everything is the moment you begin to find freedom and healing. And James tells us it starts by confessing our sins to other people in our lives. So I, I would encourage you, find somebody you can trust and begin to share things with. Uh, this is why small groups are so important. These are moments where we can build relationships where we begin to be honest and say, you know, can I take off the mask for a second? I'm really not as perfect as you, I make, you make myself to be. Like there's things here also. And the moment we take off our mask and we let people in on the insecurities, the issues we have, that's when we find freedom. Because now we're not pretending and hiding, but we're actually being open and vulnerable and honest. And, and, and we find freedom. And it's only – it's when we're honest and open up that we can find that um, because it affects others. In fact, uh, Ephesians, we talked about the scripture last last week, where Paul begins to list these commandments in different ways. And one of these, he talks about lying. He says, don't lie, but rather build up each other. In fact, he says like this. He says, speak truth in love so you can build others up. So the opposite of lying, which would be speaking lies and tearing down relationships, speaking truth in love is building up relationships. So he's saying, be, be honest. And then finally this, so be honest with yourself, be honest with others, and be honest with God. And this was probably the funniest because, I mean, God already knows you did it. Like, he saw you, and he knows everything in your heart. And you like, man, I don't know if I can confess this. Like, I don't know if he knows. Like, you know, he knows. You know, like, so I, I don't want – when, when it comes to prayer, I don't know if I should say these things because I don't want God to know. No, he knows. He already knows what you're going to say. He's already know what you're thinking. He just wants to know that you know and that you're willing to deal with it so you can move forward. Why? Because he can only work with honest people. Dishonest people keep things to themselves – dishonest people keep sickness to themselves they keep those those sins to themselves and they they never find freedom or healing but the moment you say god man i I messed up i messed up big time forgive me god i i that wasn't honest that wasn't truthful that's the moment god says finally you're giving me something to work with i've known this whole time but now you're acknowledging it which means now we can take the next step of making things right so to do this so when it comes to the um and here's the great thing about that is when we're honest with God, just know that he already knows, but what's better than that? He's already paid for it. This is the reason he gave his life on the cross so we could find freedom from our sins, we could find healing, we could find forgiveness. That's why he died so we can deal with these. Uh, so when it comes to lies, when it comes to gossip, when it comes to slander, when it comes to what we speak, here's here's a few things. Would you think before you speak? Think before you speak. I'm going to give you five things when it comes to what you're saying. Think think through these things. T is it is it true? So what I'm about to say, I heard it from somebody, I read it on Facebook, and you know Facebook gives, like, everything on Facebook is true, right? You with me? Like, if you heard it read it on Facebook, you can tell anybody about that, it's true, right, That's a little exaggeration, but is it true? Well, why don't you Google it? One of the things that drives me crazy, when somebody says something on Facebook about something, some company or something else, and uh, there's one Starbucks that Christians were blasting, I'm like, guys, like, go Google this, it's not even true, you're making yourself look dumb because you didn't research it, but it's not true. So, not just speaking, but texting and social media. I think this would apply because it re- represents you, what you're saying, what you're giving. Um, so ask the question, is this true? What I'm, what I'm about to share, is this really true? If you don't know, then don't share it. Go, go find the source, go ask some more questions. Second, will it help? Is this gonna be helpful, right? So somebody asked me a question and um, is this gonna be helpful what I say? If it's not, then, then watch how you say it. Make sure you say it in that way that's gonna be helpful. Number uh, three, uh, is it inspiring? I. is this going to help somebody become better is this an inspiring statement I'm going to make or is it going to, man, really drag somebody down is it going to affect somebody else's view of other people, is it necessary uh, do I really need to say this does this person need to know this is it going to add to the or is it going to take away, and then K, is it kind what am I to say, is it kind or is it hurtful, I think if we would think through the things we say, we'd be more um, we'd be better at speaking better of others, adding value to others rather than tearing down and this is what dishonesty, this is what lies, this is what gossip – in fact, gossip, if you're ever listening to something that gossips a lot, just know that all the things they're telling you, in a few minutes, they're going to go to some other friend, and they're going to tell all the same stuff about you to them. Gossips who carry it, also take it with them, right? It goes both – and so you have to guard yourself. And one of the best ways when it comes to gossip is just ask, like, is this true? Like, did you talk to this person about that? Well, no, I just heard it from, like, my neighbor, heard it from my neighbor, heard it from my neighbor. Well, we should go talk to that person. Oh, no, no, I think it's true deal with it. Like, like, cut it off so you can be the person that has healthy relationships. So when it comes to honesty, uh, Jesus says, you can build, my, build your life upon a solid foundation, and he's talking about his ways, he's talking about his, his word, like a rock foundation, or you could build it upon sand. You know, I showed a building, if you show that next picture for me, I showed this building that toppled over. You know, it, it took a long time, just didn't happen all over right away. And some of the buildings I, I, I read about, some cases, it took 30, 40 years for eventually the the weakness in the foundation to eventually make the building fall. And so people thought, this little thing's not a big deal, and eventually it crumbled. In your life, what kind of building, what kind of life do you want? One that stands strong, that others see and say, wow, there's something something really good about that life. Or on on a daily basis, are you weakening that foundation? Are you weakening that structure that one day it'll collapse? And Jesus said, this is the whole point of the story of the wise and foolish builder. He says, when the storms come... Because they will come to both the good and the, 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 the righteous and the, and the evil, the righteous and the unrighteous. They're going to come, but depending on how you built your life will determine if it stands or not. So the question is, on a daily basis when you're speaking these things, are you speaking it out that's going to help build strong relationships or are you weakening that, that, that relationship? Are, are, you, are you building upon something solid and strong or are you, are you, are you building on something that's weak and taken away? It would be like removing the rebar from the concrete. You know, he saves money, but eventually it's going to fall. I read one, one, depending on different parts of the world, that the whole cost of the building, half of it goes into the foundation in some parts of the world. Because it's so hard to build in those parts of the world, the foundation has to be so strong if you want it to stand. Why would we spend so much money on anything in life if it's only going to crumble? We look at those buildings and think like, man, how much millions of dollars did they waste on building something that wasn't going to last? But I ask the question about us. How much are you going to waste in your life building on something that's not going to last. Ten years, 20 years, what are you going to have to show for it? If you're an honest person that's, on, that's saying, God, I'm going to be honest with you, your life will stand secure. Why? Because you'll always be working on those things. So I, I talked about in the beginning how it's hard to talk about this because we're all liars. Well, I think the one thing that has helped me my whole life is I've never been able to – I've never been afraid to be honest about the issues that's going on. And it's always hard because there's a part of you that thinks others are going to think bad of you. Others are going to think less of you. But I found the opposite. That when, when we're willing to admit our weaknesses, people identify with that. They realize, like, oh, wow, like, you overcame that? I think I could overcome it too. Or we take away the power of sin when we let it out. But as long as we hide it, it keeps us. So here's my challenge. By being honest, would you find freedom? Would you find healing? Would you be honest? If you want freedom in your life, you want healing in your life, you have to be brutally honest about all the facts, about everything. And the moment you are, I promise you'll begin to be free. Now, it's not easy. It takes work. It takes time. But if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with others, if you're honest with God, you will find that your relationships all around you begin to get better and healthier and stronger, including God, when you're honest. So here's my here's my thing today. is The Bible says that we have to confess these things, that there's something that happens when we confess What's going on? See, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. You're believing that God sent his son, but you're confessing. You're confessing your sin. You're confessing the past. You're you're, you're opening up to God saying, here's my heart. I'm going to be honest with you. And today I would love to help some of you guys be honest. Some of us in this room have been holding on to things for too long. And because we haven't been honest with them, we haven't found healing. And they actually make us sick. They actually keep us from God's best. They hurt relationships. And some of the relationships you're in that, aren't, uh, that are unhealthy is because you've been holding on to things that are keeping that relationship from being healthy. And the moment that you can say, I want to be a wise person, I want to start with honesty, is the moment God begins to work in our lives. I think this is one of the most important principles that you could find in the Bible. Because God always it says that he rejects the proud, but he embraces, he invites the humble in. If you're humble, which takes humility to be honest. He says, man, I can work with that. But as long as you're proud, as long as you, you hide and pretend that, that you're perfect, pretend that everything's together, he can't work with that. And so today I would say there's some people in this room that need to get honest. Honest with yourself, first of all, saying that's an issue. And then honest with God. And then at some point this week, the next couple of weeks, find some people that you can trust. Some people in our church, some other, other mature Christ followers, and, and begin to confess, say, I need to let you in. Look, I have issues. I have problems. I want, I want to have accountability. I want to be free from these things. And it's the one thing the enemy doesn't want you to do is expose what's hidden in the light. But the moment you do is when freedom begins to take place. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head today if or you're here? A big part of following Christ is swallowing our pride, stepping out in humility, stepping out into a vulnerable place. And that's what I'm going to call some of you guys to do right now. I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room and you need to be honest with God, you need to be honest with yourself. You would say, God, I need your help. God, I've sinned. I've been dishonest. I have hurt relationships. God, but today I want to fix that. I want to start by opening my life to you. If that's you today, I, w- I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you in your chair where you're at. But would you let me know that you're here by lifting your hand? Just raise your hand. Wherever you are. That's me. I want to be honest with God. I want to be honest with myself. I want to fix these things in my life. I want to live his way. Awesome. Anybody else? You're not alone. Quite a few hands have gone up. Here's the thing. is you raise your hand, just know God is, he's seen it. You're raising to him, not so much to me, but to him. Say, God, I need your help. And what I love about God is that he always embraces us in the moment of us being transparent and real and honest. And Sometimes being honest takes work. It's not easy, but it's so, so worth it. Because you're building a foundation and a structure that's gonna last for a long time. If you pray that, if you raise that hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christian in this room, a Christ Father, would you would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Just a simple prayer of inviting God in a relationship to forgive you, to heal you, to help you. So if you raise your hand, say this, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help, that I've sinned, I have not been honest. And today, I want to come clean I want to open my heart to you help me forgive me I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross for my sins in my place I believe he's alive today to help me in this journey so today I put my trust in you I open my life up I acknowledge I need your help Help me. Lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate all those that were honest today that said, I I want to be honest, I want to open up my life.